Aw, snap, we have a sponsor. I want to be clear, this is a cool sponsor and you should, you really should just go check them out, like legit. BustedTees.com. They have a huge selection of geeky hats, t-shirts, stickers, and socks. Themes from Star Wars and Star Trek to Harry Potter, Pac-Man, Back to the Future, other video game references, just all kinds of geeky, cool culture. You're definitely going to find something there that speaks to your inner geek. Here's the deal. At checkout, you're going to see a spot to enter a code. Type in my name, that's Jason, followed by the number 25945. That's Jason25945. Get a pretty sweet discount. There's a link over on the website or head over to bustedtees.com and enter Jason25945 at checkout. Bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. What's up, gang? Jason Emmett here, and we're about to give you our social media information with a quickness so that you can contact us and be a part of the show. First, we have a website, themixtapeshow.com. Head over there, find out all the good stuff you want, links to everything, interviews, playlists, places you can leave us a review. It's all there on the website, including direct links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. We also have a phone number, and you can leave us a voicemail. You should leave us a voicemail. That number is 513-437-2377. Easiest way to remember it, 513-HE-RAD-77. Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I don't know if you're listening through iTunes or Pandora or Spotify, it doesn't really matter. If you could take like 30 seconds, click that little review bar, we would greatly appreciate it. We love you, so please, it helps. Please share the show with your friends. We would greatly appreciate that as well. And that's it. That's all I'm giving you right now. We're going to go ahead and kick into this week's episode. We love you. The cold in the sound of silence. Uh, I, oh, I don't like it at all. Liked it one time, then no, not after that. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll be quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? It's a mixtape, you do do. But you ain't a god. Don't you wanna listen to a mixtape? Where's the groove the move your feet? Come along and laugh with a mixtape. Ha 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 ha! Waka 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 waka. Don't you wanna listen to a mixtape? Sing along and clap to the beat. Settle in and listen to our next tip and other music vanishes. Enjoy your bottom sandwiches. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another fun-filled, exciting edition of the mixtape. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Bestpiece. I'm Twisted Kid Matt. I'm Stu. I, you know, I watch him because I'm, I'm sitting here staring at him going, what's Stu going to bring? What's Stu going to bring? Mm-hmm. And he just raised his hand while I'm Stu. <laughs> He's Stewie D, damn it. Stewie D. Stewie. Raised his hand like we can all see him Stewie Stewie Well, if you were here, you would. Yeah, you should be here, Matt. Why didn't you get up this morning and come to my studio? 
fly to Ohio. Fly me to Ohio. It doesn't have the same Ohio. doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Yeah. <laughs> you can always yeah. do the R. Kelly it's version. It's apparently better than Ohio. The R. Kelly version. Uh, I believe uh, I can ugh. fly to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Only if you I have your passport. Touch your Jason's mic. Wait, what? Um, <clears throat> this week we're going to be talking about remakes, and we've done episodes in the past where we did songs you didn't know were remakes, but that's not what we're doing this week. This week we're going to cause all the controversy, because this week mm-hmm. we're going to talk about choices that we think this remake is better than the original version. Now, there was only one Better rule. or equal. Or, or equal. equal. There was only one sure. rule. Stu was not allowed to bring any of the Marilyn Manson bullshit. <laughs> Listen, I like I like Marilyn Manson. I just don't like his uh, remakes of a couple of songs. Yeah. Uh, we were actually just singing The Sound of Silence. Thank God that one didn't make anybody's list. I think we all agreed we did not particularly care it's for that remake. Uh, most recently, there was a, and I don't even want to call it this, was it, uh, it was a remake? Of the song Zombie, only to find out it wasn't supposed to be a remake, actually. Well, originally, oh, they yeah. were supposed to yeah. co- collab with They were going to collab with uh, with her, and she passed away, unfortunately, and they released it as sort of a tribute. So there are things out there that exist, <clears throat> some of them good, some of them bad. This week, we're going to be talking about the ones we think are good. And like I said, there could be some, there's some arguments could be thrown in as to whether they are or not. I actually like everybody's list. I, I've been saying that the last few weeks, but I really do. Um, there are a few that are just very obvious to me, and then there's one or two where I'm like, mm, I don't, I like it. I don't know if I would like it more than the original, but I, I like it, you know. And when we get to my list, and I'll let you guys speak on your lists, I actually like the original of all my songs too. It's yeah. not that I like think they suck or anything, but for whatever reason, they grabbed me a little bit more. The remake did, and we'll get into why each of those are the way they are. But we're gonna start with Stewie's list. Oh shit. And I kind of will, like I said, we'll talk about that as well to see if it's that you like the original. I have a feeling you like the original of all three of the songs on your list. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, th- this this first one may or may not cause some controversy, though. This is the one I want to see what people think. Um, Stewie says he prefers the remake, but I'm curious what you guys think of this <laughs> song right here. Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman. Kind I like to meet pretty woman. I don't believe you, you're not the truth. No one could look as good as pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind I like to meet pretty woman. I don't believe you, it must be true. Oh, pretty woman, originally by Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison's version came out in 1964 off the album of the same name. That song spent three weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It was also number one in Australia, number one in Canada, number one in the UK. Uh, Roy Orbison once said of the song that he was inspired by his wife, Claudette. He was talking with his producer, Bill Dees, when she interrupted them and said she was going out for a bit. I guess Roy asked her if she needed enough money or if she had enough money. And Dee replied, a pretty woman need, never needs any money. Uh, so the remake is uh, from 1982 off the album Diver Down. And that is, of course, Van Halen. It's funny because we were kind of chatting last night and I asked Stewie, you know, what made you go with Van Halen? You could have went with David Lee Roth, who did a couple of covers on his own. Of course, Just a Gigolo, yeah. which is way more famous than the original, I would think, Bo- at this point. Bo- and he also... <laughs> 
and he also did a remake of California Girls. So, but he picked uh, he picked Oh Pretty Woman by Van Halen. Uh, originally, it was meant to be a standalone single prior to them going on a hiatus. But the thing is, they released the single, and it was so popular that Warner Brothers got them to to they like begged them to go in and produce an entire LP, which they did. It ended up being their second top twenty hit. Number 59 in Australia, 15 in Canada, 47 in the UK, and 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, and number one on the Billboard Mainstream. Um, <clears throat> I personally think it's a great song. I like Van Halen's version a lot. For me, Roy Orbison's probably slightly edges out the Van Halen one. I don't know why, just the way it is, but I didn't pick it. Stu, you did. So why do you think that the remake is uh, better than the original on this one? Uh, I just I think it uh, has sounds a lot better with uh, the harder guitar and bass drums and everything it's fair um it's gonna be things are gonna get real interesting when we get into matt's list because <clears throat> matt did some deep diving he really did matt went back in time a little bit but if i could turn so you're, back, you're fucking turn back i did didn't time. i you did yeah yeah i went way back and uh, <laughs> i didn't realize how far back i went and the reason i bring that up now is because of what stewie just said is that you're gonna hear the drastic drastic difference in well, sort of. And one of them you're not, but it, in music styles and, and what got what gets brought to the table. So, what do you guys think? Do you think that the Van Halen version? First of all, do you guys like the Van Halen version of yeah. Pretty Woman? I like it, but I agree with you, Jay. I like the Roy Orbison version slightly better. Slightly, just slightly. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like five years old when he recorded that originally, and then. He just always looked the same ever since. <laughs> Roy Orbison. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, how old are you? Yeah, <laughs> no, he said he was five years. So uh, for the longest time, I thought Roy Orbison was blind. <laughs> you know, that's fair. I thought it was just very Elvis dumbing down. I don't think I ever saw him without glasses. <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. I'm gonna look it up see if he ever just didn't have glasses on. I don't so think I've he, ever seen him without him. So did he purposely try to look like? Elvis in a way with the hair and everything. You or? think he looked like Elvis? Yeah. Well, the hairstyle and not necessarily him. I think he sounding just, like him. I think he just him. had sort of a mild, like a low pompadour kind of, not really a pompadour, but just sort of that, it was just sort of that look. Mm. I don't know. Um, Seeing him without glasses is bizarre. So there's something I wonder. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen him without those glasses. Does he on have ever. tiny eyes? Actually, maybe I have Kinda like does, a much yeah. older, like He's got little beady eyes. And it's in color. That's so I want to ask you guys, do you think, before we get real in-depth, and we'll I'll, I'll bring it up a little more when we hit on your particular choices. Well, first, I'll ask Stu. Stu, mm. had you, and this is a fair question, because you got to figure, you were younger, Van Halen, this was, Van Halen's came out in 1982, so you're not that old, right, when right. it comes out. Had you heard the Roy Orbison version prior to hearing the Van Halen version? Honestly, I can't say because I uh, can't really remember hearing it until like probably my teens. Because I, I think that's a question that can come up, not on all of these, because some of these I know the answer. I don't even have to ask you guys. But the question is on how many of these was it that you heard the remake first? I don't even think I heard mm. like Van Halen's version until I was in my teens. Okay. Well, I guarantee this next one you knew the original way <laughs> before you knew, knew the remake. Uh, but here is Stewie's second choice. Oh, 
not the version I expected. This is now officially the newest song we've ever talked about on this show. <laughs> Stewie asks very specifically, like, well, does it have to fall in the decades? Like, both versions. I'm like, oh, God, no. As long as one falls yeah. in our decades, it doesn't matter. And obviously, Stu picked Separate Ways by Journey originally, and that was from 1983. So yeah. he's fine. It came off the <clears throat> album Frontiers. You're good. Uh, this was a pretty big hit for Journey. It peaked at number eight for six consecutive weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um, so keyboardist Jonathan Kane said of the song, we wanted to write something rhythmic and still have a strong and haunting melody. We needed a main rhythm to run through the synthesizer and Steve Smith designed that kind of drum beat to let everything breathe. It's really a throwback to all of our roots. Um, the Motown sound. Steve Perry has always listened Steve to a lot Perry. of Motown records, uh, songs with a strong chorus approach, songs that were real urgent sounding, but still had rhythm and melody. <coughs> So the remake version is actually from this year, 2023. And there's a reason it's from 2023. That is Daughtry and Lizzie Hale that did that. And here's the thing. I don't – I know Daughtry, but I don't know Daughtry. I don't really listen to Daughtry. So I knew this cover. Um, I'd heard it, and I don't even know where I heard it. So when Stu sent it over, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know that. So yeah. the reason they did this song was literally because it was the 40th anniversary of the song, which is why they did the cover. There's no, like... Not trying to outperform yeah. it or nothing. I like this version. I I really do. Um, it's, it's a little more produced. Uh, it's a little crisper, a little cleaner to me. Uh, but it kind of has the same feel. I think they paid respect. But Stu, why, why do you uh, prefer this version? As, well, I mean... Cause I'm I'm a real big fan of Hailstorm and mm, Daughtery's a Daughtery has a real like loud boisterous voice and it just carried real well in the song so it sounded I think a little more heavier for him to sing it than the band from back in '83 of course but I love I love the original but I. I I just like this one a little bit better. So just so you guys know, 30 in Canada, 49 in the UK, 21 uh, US Billboard Rock Airplay, and 40 on the Hot Rock and Alternative Chart. Have you guys heard this remake? I have not, but I do kind of like it a little better than the original. Really? Interesting. I myself have heard it, and full disclosure, this was a contender for, not this version actually, was a contender for my list. Interesting. Well. So you um, you mentioned that. I actually that. am sending you my version that I was going to put on the list. So you guys can listen to that later on. Which well. was? Who, uh, it's, it's Separate Ways being covered by a band called A Skylit Drive. It was off of the Punk Goes Classic Rock album. Okay. Came out. So check that out. Those punk, those punk goes albums are something that if you guys out there have not listened, I highly recommend yeah. it. There's a lot of them. Punk goes crunk, punk goes eighties, yeah. and they're all really good. Nine, there's the two punk goes pop is going to the nineties ones. Punk goes pop, yeah, they're all worth listening yeah. to. They're a lot of fun. I think there's and one where they did punk uh, shake it off by Taylor Swift, probably. And the thing <laughs> yes, is, is you're gonna, I believe they did. You're gonna hear like 
a few bands you maybe have never heard, and then you're going to hear bands that you have heard. So yep. it's it's, it's a really bands. good mixture and a good way to learn some new bands, which is yeah. which is a big plus. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to say anything derogatory against the Daughtry uh, Lizzie Hale version because I think it's really good. Oh, it's it's really good. It is really good. It's crisp. It sounds good. I think they pay respect in the way that uh, remakes need to pay respect, and they don't try to make it their own so much. They put their own their own spin on it, but there's a reason why they kind of keep some of the roots to where it needs to be because it's it's a tribute to the 40th anniversary. So that makes sense to me. I don't know that I like it any more or any less than the it, journey. It kind of it reminds me of uh, when Pink and uh, Nancy Wilson redid, uh, well, they performed uh, Barracuda Live and it sounded just as good. Well, I mean, you got two <laughs> fantastic artists. I mean, so. I wouldn't say just yeah, as good. True. Uh, Anna Wilson is phenomenal in her yes, range. So. She's amazing. Yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah. Friend of the show, yes. <laughs> um, and Pink, too. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm going to say this right now. The next one is obvious uh, why you say you think it's better, but it's also a cheat because uh, I, I would argue that you'd never heard the original, but you're about to. <laughs> and last week on the show, I mentioned – that there was a band, we were talking about bands where people attribute it to the wrong person. Well, the original version of this, a lot of people think it's ACDC, but it is not. So this is Stu's next pick. And I could tell that wouldn't be long to shoes with me. It's what you want to sing every time you hear this damn song. <laughs> it's weird that people thought it was ACDC because to me it sounds more like Kiss yeah, a little yeah, than yeah. ACDC, but it's neither of those. I don't, I don't get ACDC. I don't either, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you look online, people are like, remember when ACDC, well, ACDC never sang I Love Rock and Roll. This is I Love Rock and Roll. We talked about this prior on an episode where we talked about songs you didn't know were remakes. We all know the 1981 Joan Jett and the Blackhearts version, right? And I think there are very few yeah. who would not agree that it's probably the superior version of the song. Or maybe it's just because it's we know it better. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but we shouldn't discount the 1975 Arrows release of the song. Um, so Joan Jett's came out in 81. The Arrows came out in 1975. They were a British rock group. And the way this sort of came about is Joan Jett was touring through the UK with the Runaways at the time when she heard them perform this song live. So their producer at the time then said, like, basically insisted that the rest of the girls learn this song. So the Runaways actually learned this song and I think might have performed it live before Joan Jett ever even recorded the song. So there's that. So Joan Jett first recorded the song in 1979 with two of the Sex Pistols, Steve Jones and Paul Cook. The first version was released on vinyl in 1979 on Vertigo Records as the B-side to uh, You Don't Own, Own Me. And then in 1981, she re-recorded the song, this time with the Blackhearts. Uh, the song was number one in Australia, number one in Canada, four in the UK, and number one on the Billboard Hot 100 where it went platinum. Uh, the Arrows actually disbanded after a few years, but the song continues on through Joan Jett and through them. And because of the fact that people have learned that it wasn't an original song, I went back and checked it out. 
So I have two questions here. Well, three, but two for Stu. The first question I have for you is, are you cheating? Because had you ever even heard the original song? Not until we actually <laughs> had that one. So before, but we did the song. Well, he said before we did the songs, you didn't know a remake. So he's heard it since. So yeah. do you think that you prefer, and it's cool. Do you think you prefer this version because it's what you know? Yeah, I'm a little more biased now because I've liked to listen to the song so much. And the other one, again, it shows the age when they when they recorded of how they recorded probably bit, yeah. so that's probably another reason why it sounds better of course so have you guys heard <clears throat> the arrows version of the song besides the clips that we've played no, outside of I, our clips no okay from what you heard what do you think i prefer the drone jet agreed fair it's a little cleaner and uh, it's a less a, creepy. Yeah. But the thing is, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> it's really I mean, well, I mean, she just said. She just changed it to guy. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like but here's the, here's the thing. Creepy. Still creepy. Here's the less thing. Creepy. It really doesn't change the arrangement. Like the songs kind of flow together like really well because she didn't really change the arrangement of the song. Um, Obviously, like Stu said, it's a, it's a few years down the road. So. Her voice is a little louder on it. You can hear it a little bit better, but, you know, really. Well, you, said, you said they recorded originally in, or in 79. Well, she did one in 79 with the Sex Pistols. Then, I don't know that I've ever heard that version, but it's out there. And then did it with the Black Hearts afterwards. In 81. Yeah. 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 So the one you know, the one we all know. So is it's from probably in a more uh, professional studio. Version. Might be really cool to get your hands on a copy of that 79 vinyl with the oh Sex Pistols, God. though. If there uh, is one. Oh, I'm sure. They released it, so it's it's got to be out there. Well, those were Stewie's picks, and then we're going to go into my picks. And my first pick on the list is something that actually got brought up by- Marilyn Manson? Uh, no. Oh. A few <laughs> weeks ago, Matt and I both b- briefly kind of – it was funny because we we kind of put these out there and, and say we're going to talk about them, and sometimes uh, one or two of us will have lists pretty quick. And I actually had already started my list, and this song got brought up, and Matt made a comment, and we agreed on it. And it was uh, the whole time I didn't want to say anything and sitting back here in my head like, well, that's on that's on my remake list. <laughs> but so I know Matt's going to agree with me. I'm, uh, we'll see what everybody else fixes. I have this, no idea what you're talking about right this, now, actually. But. You will. This okay. is my first choice. Okay. You ready for the controversy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any cover version of The Doors is better than The Doors. Yeah, I'm with you. So a couple weeks ago, we brought up Echo and the Bunnymen, and Matt and I were talking about the fact that we thought their version of People Are Strange is better than The Doors' version of People Are Strange. Um I've gone on record as saying I'm not a Doors fan. It's not that I dislike the Doors. I'm just not a Doors fan. And I, I I don't know if that makes sense to people or not. I'm not really – if you play them in the background, I'm, it's fine. It doesn't yeah. bother me. But I'm not going to go out of my way typically. Now, I had a friend in high school, one of my best friends in high school, that was a huge Doors fan. So I, I listened to him all the time with him. Um, and it was fine. I actually do like their version of this song, though. I think that as far as Doors songs go, this is one of my favorites. Um, their version came out in 1967, was off their album Strange Days. Their version hit number one in Canada, uh, 12 on the U.S. Uh, hot Billboard Hot 100. 
also went silver in the UK. The song is a simple enough song. Talks about feeling alienated. Talks about feeling out of place. That's all it's about. So Echo and the Bunnymen recorded their single uh, for the 1987 film, The Lost Boys. It landed number 29 on the UK singles chart. Um, cool little fact here. It was produced by Doors keyboardist Ray Manzarek. So the the Doors were involved in it. So it had a little taste of the Doors yeah. on it. So the film was a, a smash hit, as we all know, uh, The Lost Boys. What? And they ended up releasing. It was a, it was a big big movie? Yeah. Really? So that was 1987. They ended up releasing the song again in 1991 because of the success for the movie. So, kids, it was something you need to understand is back in the day, a movie would back hit the theaters. And I'm not saying The Lost Boys stayed on the big screen for three years. But movies would sometimes stay out for almost a year if they were big yeah. enough. and Get that, re-released. Yeah, and we never had the... Uh, DVD releases or anything right yeah, away. Yeah, and that wasn't yeah. well. There were no DVDs in '87 or even uh, VHS. streaming service. Well, let me let me finish this and then I'll ask you guys a question. So the song was released again in '91 and it charted a second time, landing at number 30, 34. Do you guys know little, little trivia for the people out there and the guys on the show? Do you know the VHS movie? And I think you guys probably do, or somebody does. That changed the way because VHS movies cost a shit ton of money and people didn't buy them. <laughs> The first VHS movie to be released in a, at a price point that was fair that changed the way VHS movies were released and then people started buying them. Do you know what movie it was? I haven't got a clue. I'm going to give you a hint. 1989. Batman? Batman. Holy shit. <laughs> it was Batman. Uh, nice. Batman was released at a price point of like 1999 or some shit like that, and it yeah. sold like a bajillion copies. The fact you just had to say that. 1989, year. right? Yeah. Because what bigger movie was there in 1989? No, there was It came out in 1989. <laughs> So why did I pick the Echo and the Buddy Man version over the Doors version? Well, it's cleaner. It's updated. Yeah. And it plays well with the film. My wife, who's not a Doors fan either, she totally agrees with me, but she was kind of arguing, not arguing with me the other night. She was basically telling me, your love for the Lost Boys is why you think that version's better. Uh, and I say, yes, that is mm, very fair. Mm, it is very fair. I adore the movie. Part of it, yeah. But here's the argument I made about it. I said, yes, but. The soundtrack for The Lost Boys is considered to be one of the best soundtracks from 80s films. It just is. People love it because it was so well put together and the songs go so well with the movie. I came very, very close to picking Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, knowing I would have gotten some crap out of that one, too. Because Robert, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Did the I can't think of his last name. This uh, this is something that happens when you reach our age, ladies and gentlemen. You know exactly who you're trying to say. You just can't say him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the that version is on the film as well, and I love it over the Elton John version slightly more. But I went with this because I love I love this song. This one to me. What's one you're talking about? Don't let the sun go down on me. Okay, oh my God. it's Roger Daltrey. I think did the uh, it would come. It comes to me. It eventually comes to me. It always comes to me. Um, did the version for the Lost, Lost Boys. Three. And Elton John did that originally, and it could, I considered putting it on my list. But yeah, Roger Daltrey did the did the one from Lost Boys. What really just for me, People Are Strange is one of those where one of the reasons I would put it because I don't listen to the Doors version, even though it's okay, but I do listen to this version all the time. So I wanted to kind of put a song on there where like it's not that I dislike the original; it's that I genuinely love the remake more to the degree that that's the one I listen to if I ever go to listen to one of them. <clears throat> Speaking of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, are you aware that Joe Cocker did a version in 91? I am, yeah. 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 I have not heard it myself, but now I'm going to check it out later. Like I said, 
It's this their version's a little less droning than the Doors version. The Doors tend to drone on a bit for me. Well, that was Jim Morrison. I don't know that Jim Morrison's voice doesn't kind of add an eerie vibe to the Doors version, which I guess works for the meaning of the song. But it also for me, his droning replay uh, it hinders the replayability for me. Mm. I just don't want to listen to it a lot. So totally I don't understand. know. Well, some people say that like smoking weed and all that would be you know easy well listen to this (laughs) my wife says to me yesterday doing drugs too in general my wife says to me yesterday you know for a non-pot smoker you listen to a lot of pot smoking bands (laughs) i was like i really do i really really do um i'm not a druggie though and so she's she does believe that that might affect people's love for the doors you know and i think that's there's an argument to be made there Pot's legal here now, so yeah. <laughs> well, but it's not just pot. This is like acid trippy. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I could you see can do acid now. I know. <laughs> acid's like, legal. Don't do that, Kevin. <laughs> but I could see how what the, the her point is. If you're tripping on acid, listen to the Doors and all that weird like. You could be mistaken to think that they were a good band out there <laughs> listening it? to the. Could you picture lengthy, Kevin tripping on acid? Yeah, I've seen it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm kidding. How do you think we had the? The 80s. Uh. He's exactly. You've seen him many times. You just didn't know it. He's exactly the same. Um, so my next one is an interesting choice. Um, and we're going to get into it after I play the clip. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Well, let me just play the clip and I'll say it. I'm going to know. Won't you take me? I love to stay. Baby. Yes, it is. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> we just blew some minds. Yeah, you blew my mind. Not not just the Al Green did it. Yep. But the, the songs you didn't know were remakes, I guess, huh? Yeah. I had no idea. Take Me to the River, Al Green originally released in 1974 on the album Al Green Explores the Mind. So Green's original version was ranked number 117 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the Rolling Stone's 500 greatest songs of all time. Uh, more than likely, this song is a double innuendo. So Al Green had been recently saved, we shall say, and it, re- it refers to both his spiritual journey and baptism. Uh, but it also insinuates that he needs his desires to be quenched as well. Green's version is fantastic. It's jazzy. It's funky. It's fun. It's great. But I heard and knew the Talking Heads version for a long time before I even knew there was another version of the song. Um, it amps the song up with David Byrne's uniquely insane vocal style. And for me, it works. But I love Al Green's version. And now that you guys know it's out there, you can go listen. And you'll like yeah, it, too. that is crazy. So we can cross this one off the, it's the list of songs you didn't know were remakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fog had actually covered this song before uh, The Talking Heads in 1978 as well. I um, know that either. I'm, but it was the 78 version of The Talking Heads did that gained the most attention from the song, including mine. Uh, this is from their album, More Songs About Buildings and Food. Um, their version managed to chart 26 in Australia, 34 in Canada, and 26 in the USA. Oddly enough, David Byrne was really hesitant to do it because he was worried about doing a cover. Uh, but producer Brian Eno talked to him, and he said, like, you should do it, man. We should totally do the song. So they slowed it down. 
They added that talking head spice we all know and love, and away they go. Um, so in the liner notes of Once in a Lifetime, the best of the talking heads, David Byrne said, Coincidence or conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> there were at least four cover versions of this song out at the same time. Foghat, Brian Ferry, LeVon Helm, and them, the talking heads. More money for Mr. Green's Full Gospel ter- uh, Tabernacle Church, I suppose. A song that combines teenage lust with baptism. Not equates, you understand, but throws them in the same stew, at least. A, p- a potent blend, all praise the mighty, spurting Jesus. <laughs> I love Dave Burns so much. Can, can you, what, what was that last sentence, sir? A potent blend, all praise the mighty, spurting Jesus. Spurtin? Spurtin. S-P-U-R-T-I-N, Spurtin. Okay, so I heard it correctly. You heard okay. it correctly. It wasn't Spartan. It was Spurtin. God, because at first I was like picturing Jesus kicking people into a hole. <laughs> this, this, this is, is Bethlehem. <laughs> um, so Al Green made royalties from the several That's versions. How he baptizes people. <laughs> he just kicks them into a well. Kicks them into a lake. <laughs> um, Al Green made did make royalties from the several different versions out there as well as... Billy Big Mouth the Bass. Bass. Mm-hmm. Yes. He did, buddy. Wait, what? Yes, he did. Yes, Why he did. Have Al, I never thought about that. Al Green that was made a money. Talking Heads mm-hmm. cover playing out of a fucking fish. And Al Green right. was making money off all of it. Good and for your Al. Dad had that version, I'm sure. Fucking good and for I Al, by bet the way. he didn't bitch about it later on when people started talking about it on podcasts. I mean, how can you not love it? Like, much like another band we'll talk about here in a few minutes. These guys took a great song, they made it their own, but they left the original intact. I I know, I, David Byrne is a genius, I don't need this isn't a question, I know he's a genius. Yeah, um, correct. And to me, this just shows that it is. Like, he didn't, he was fearful of doing a cover, and now I would argue that his cover is the one that everybody knows. Now, Al Green's making money off of it, which is great, but I highly recommend to go check out Al Green's version, because it is fantastic. But I knew this one for years and years and years. And so is that why I love it more? I don't know. I can't say. I just know that I do. So, okay. My third pick, we're going to go a little off the beaten path here. I don't know how many of you guys will know the song. I suspect Matt will. And there's a reason why I suspect Matt will. And you guys may or may not. But this is my third and final pick. At my side is God. I have a puzzled look on my face, but it sounds vaguely familiar. And there ain't no one going to turn me around. Well, there's a third version of this that I didn't add on. So this is the Ballad of El Goodo, originally by Big Star, and then later the version, the second version is Evan Dando. Um, this is Big Star from their album, number one record, 1972. Uh, this is an awesome song, and both versions of this are in rotation for me, but it's the Evan Dando version that I truly love. That is from the 1995 film Empire Records. So That's why. Yeah, okay. so you'd probably heard it. Um, This song is about pushing forward even when people around you are trying to break you down. Um, Big Stars is a bit poppier, but still has that kind of melancholy feel. Um, Like I said, 1972. 
sorry, ad popped up, but this it's from the seventies, but it, it almost feels fine. Like an eighties or even a later, like 90 song to me, but it is a 70 song. Dando's version is closer. It's, it, I don't know how to explain this. It's cleaner. It's more bare. It cuts a little deeper. Um, <clears throat> I like the guitar. It's, it's very minimal. It's like guitar, bass, and drums. And that's, that's like it. There's nothing else in the that's song. All you need. Yeah. He also has that soft, kind of rich voice that to me delivers the lyrics really well. There's some controversy about Evan Dando. I'm well aware, but we're just talking about this song right now. Uh, there's also a version that came out in 2012 by the Counting Crows. So that exists as well. It's good. Um, I don't like it as much. They do, uh, they keep some of it very much in the same vein, but they do a few things as the Counting Crows do, and it's fine. Um, it's quite a bit bigger than Dando's stripped down version of the song, you know, so that's one of the things. Um, it does have its place, but for me, Evan Dando's ber- version is more impactful. Oddly enough, it's almost like um, Evan Dando and the Counting Crows both took Big Star's version, split it in half, and did a like they're like they each did one take, and if you put theirs together, you'd have the Big Star version right there in the middle. It's kind of weird, but that's why I picked it. Um, do you guys know this song at all? I do, mm-hmm. Kevin. No, I don't know. Well, I know you've seen Empire Records, still. Yeah, just, so it's know. in there. Yeah. It's in there. Uh, it's on the soundtrack. I don't know. It's just a it's a really good song. He actually does a couple of covers. Uh, Evan Dando does, and he does a cover of uh, "Perfect Day," which I don't know if you know that song. It's a wonderful song, and it sounds like this lovely jaunt to the park, but it's actually about drugs. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a great song too in his version. Really so good. we've learned that most songs are about it's drugs. a lot of songs about sex and drugs. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? All right. Here we go. We're going into Matt's list. And I don't mean here we go as a bad thing. I mean here we go and as a – I was really shocked when I got Matt's list. And then I was like, does Matt even know what he did? And apparently he did not know what he did. I didn't realize how far back in time I went. You did. You went back in time with a lot of your songs. Um, yeah. But none so far back in time as your first one. We're not which, talking like the 1920s here. No, no. <laughs> the 40s, like, though. <laughs> pretty close, yeah. His first song here, uh, the original's from the 40s. Here you go. You're alone. Shh. Shh. peaceful until. So, Matt, I'm about to school you a little bit, I suspect, but I don't know. I hope. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, Betty Hutton was that first version you heard, and that was recorded in 1951, and that's who you sent me. But that was a cover version of a German song called mm, Jets is ein Still from 1948. <laughs> <laughs> so, originally 1948, part, yeah. and then she did it in the American version in 1951. This is a fun song in either version, but what I want to ask is, do you guys know who the second singer was? I know none of this. York. It was Bjork. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about how settled and calm life is until you meet that person and then everything goes fucking ballistic. And the song is sang according, accordingly. We have 
softer sections, and then it abruptly launches into the fast-paced music. And there are literal screams, but they are fun. I almost added the scream mm-hmm. part because it's so much fun in the song. It's kind of hoping you would. Um, <laughs> no, not that kind of scream. Yeah, yeah it's um, not Yoko Ono level. It's, uh, it's Bjork level. Bjork does a fantastic and really kind of faithful cover on her album um, yeah. Post. Uh, her version hit number four in the UK where it stayed for 15 weeks. She even did a video directed by Spike Jones, and that video was sort of an homage to older musicals. The video received six MTV Music Video Award nominations and won one. It also was nominated for a Grammy, but lost to another song with Screaming, Michael Jackson and Janet's Scream, as it were. Uh, this is fun, and I like that you brought it. Uh, but why don't you talk about it for a second? Why you uh, like the remake more than the original? I guess. Question. Well, <laughs> they're very similar. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Bjork. Um, I think that uh, her music is very interesting. It's got that mm-hmm. really like Say experimental kind of thing going on, and then on top of that, she can take a song that's. You know, I, I would say kind of in the big band style. Oh, absolutely. Music yeah. And, mm-hmm. and make it her own without changing a ton of it. And like what, what Stu likes to say all the time, the video is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It is. Awesome. Yeah. Good to uh, but also just that like pure joy that she gets out of doing that screaming bit is yeah. just, it's so much fun. So, so it's, I, I, I love it. To hit on something around. you just said, which I really, really liked um you said she could take this song you know and kind of make it her own but still f- stay faithful kind of thing and what i like about it is this song we we've all heard bjork songs this song was a really good way for her to showcase her voice yeah in a way that we probably weren't used to and we get to see how strong of a voice she really has when she does this this song this like big yeah. band era song and it it i like that she's like i'm not going to like fuck with it and put some like real heavy like new, yeah, weird music to it. We're gonna weird sing the fucking song. Bass yeah, kind of she's thing. she's got some pipes. Yeah, she really does. And uh, I I can't say whether I like it more than the original, uh, but on par. Like they they both work for me. Like the either one of these could play. And I I sat at work listening to them the other day. When you guys sent me all your songs, one of the first things I did was play them back to back, whether I knew them or not. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm glad you're doing that because you know I don't I don't know if enough people know the original versions of all these songs and some they too. don't yeah yeah and like i mean yours. i had no idea al green to take me to the river <laughs> yeah like that was not a joke i really had no idea yeah crazy yeah and so when you guys sent me your songs i literally pulled each one up and listened to it so that i when i went to talk about it i could compare them even if i'd heard them before i still wanted to do it so i actually listened to this full song man and it was great so <laughs> um we talked about uh this band last week and I made a comment that they have suddenly uh, we didn't talk about them for four years and suddenly they're <laughs> popping up on the damn show two weeks in a row. This is Matt's uh, next pick. Uh, the first one you heard was Dusty Springfield. 
the second one you heard there, Stewie, was uh, White Stripes. So you looked a little confused. <laughs> this song was written by Burt Bacharach. I've never heard any of these songs. And Matt, once again, uh, Dusty Springfield was not the original. There were two versions before yep. hers. Recorded in 1962 by Chuck Jackson, ended up being shelved until 1984, his version did, which was then released on a compilation called Mr. Emotion. Then there was another version recorded in 1962. Uh, that one was released. That one was with singer Tommy Hunt singing the part originally performed by Chuck Jackson. If you listen to those two versions, uh, what you'll hear is the music is identical. Uh, he just did the vocals. I don't know what happened or why it worked out that way, but he took the actual music, recorded vocals, released it. Fine. 1964, Dusty Springfield got her hands on it, and her version actually went to number three in the UK. The song is all about a relationship ending and the person just not knowing what to do with themselves. Everything they ever did was with that person. All their plans was with that person, and now they're gone, and it's like, what the fuck do I do now? Um, I bet every one of us have experienced that at some point, where we've been in that relationship and it fell apart, and we're like, now what? I don't fucking know what to do. Um <laughs> Now we're going to move on to 2003 when Jack White gets a weird bug up his ass to record his own version, which <laughs> I say that because that's kind of what happened. Uh, yeah. This was on their album, Elephant, which we talked about last week when Stewie brought up uh, Seven Nation Army. Uh, this one hit number 54 in Australia, 13 on the UK, and 25 on the Billboard Alternative Airplay chart. What, uh, Matt, what makes the White Stripes version the superior version in your eyes? Um, well... To be honest, I, I am not a big, I, I don't know a ton of Dusty Springfield songs. I know like Spooky is just a great song. Also on my Halloween Hell Yeah list, by the way. Um, but I'm I'm not a huge fan of like, I, I, although my previous selection may say otherwise, I'm not a big fan of like big band style music all that much. You know, the, the occasional song comes out and I'm kind of like, all right, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Um but when I first heard, honestly, the entire album, Elephant by White Stripes, uh, which would have been on a, you know, best of 2000s album if, if we had made that one. Um, I don't think we did. Did we do that? No, we didn't. We, did, we just did 2000? best albums. We never did a, ah, okay. year, a year attached, I don't think. Um, but yeah, that was, it was one that I, I would have strongly considered for the, the 2000s, if not been on the list but uh when i heard that i was just like man this is just kind of a cool song and then went back and kind of listened to it and was like wait this is not their original song and i noticed in the liner notes burt Bacharach's involvement mm -hmm. in it and uh honestly i i know burt Bacharach from <laughs> fucking austin powers movies sure that's right because uh, you know everything i bring up on the show involves movies yeah, it kind of does so <laughs> I, and stew music yeah, I, videos. I heard, uh, <laughs> yeah. MTV yeah. was and a then great band. Kevin, person. nice beat and you can dance to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or some weird fever dream he had while on cold medicine or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of like went back and, and started checking out the other versions. And I was like, man, I really, I prefer this. I've, and I've actually thought that since the first album or since that album came out when I first heard it. But yeah, it's just, it's a it's a fun song either way, but. White Stripes, like through the fact that they only have the two members and they only have guitar and drums, and like they, it, it kind of forced them to take it and strip it down to its bare elements, and then just do their own version. 
And Stu, if you've never seen the video for it, I would strongly encourage you to do so. So in black and white, is it not? It's probably in black and white, and it's just a woman on a stripper pole. And it's a woman on a stripper pole. Oh, I could do that at a little Um, strip joint around here. There's been some discussion lately about uh, white stripes in my house, because when bands get brought up, me and my wife talk about it a lot, and I've never been a white stripe fan. Again, not to say I dislike them, just never listened to them, never got into them. And uh, Jack White seems like he might be a little full of himself. I say might that be, but also he is extremely not, knowledgeable. On not music. saying he is not. Uh, yeah. uh, and if I could, if I could recommend a documentary, which I know Jay and I have talked about, um, it's called "It Might Get Loud." If you guys haven't seen it, it is Jack White, The Edge from U2, and Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Oh God! All talking about music. <laughs> it seems like there might be a lot of pretentious stuff going it is a little bit but a lot but of hot air in that there room. is go, but there is something to be said it's, about it's that line between yeah. with with pre- pretentious musicians that are also kind of genius yeah and and it happens a lot yeah. you know um you, everybody knows i fucking love david byrne but even david byrne has come out and said yeah when i was with the talking heads i was probably really fucking difficult to get along with yeah. but yeah. they but he's like we wouldn't change it because it forced us to create what we created you know he had some maturing to do and growing up to do and but that sometimes forces great shit so yeah um but yeah give that give that documentary a watch it's it's got a great segment where jack white literally makes a musical instrument out of a two by four a coke bottle a nail and a guitar string and a a old pickup that he had just sitting around Mm -hmm, same and it's just it's great i did that yesterday he does it to yeah yeah he does it to prove that like you don't need a lot of fancy equipment to make art essentially so yeah i did it yesterday yeah Yeah. it's fucking easy dude what are you talking about anybody can do that super easy (laughs) isn't that where i was uh, looking around i was like like there's some bubble gum so him and les claypool have been hanging out with each other with macgyver they've all been i would listen to a band made out of jack white and les claypool and macgyver MacGyver's got to be MacGyver, there. yes. So Matt's last song is from a band that uh, I can, uh, well, the remake, I can honestly say uh, from our experience with them, they are not pretentious. They're very, very lovely human beings. Uh, but this is Matt's final pick. Come on, baby, let's start to pick. Come on, baby, let's play the game up. Matt went way back on all of his picks this week. This one's from 1965 originally. This is from Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders, uh, the album of the same name, The Game of Love. This was a pretty big hit for the Mindbenders, number one on the Billboard Hot 100, number two on the UK singles chart. Uh, Shit. I remember the, hearing this song growing up, and listen, assholes, not because I was around in the 60s, but because my parents, my dad used to sing this song, and uh, so I, I knew this song growing up. Not a lot of depth here. The song is talking about how a guy is telling a girl why they should be together. It's just nature, yep. you know? This is our nature. We should just be together. In 2018, the Smithereens, so this is interesting. So the, the second version you heard was the Smithereens. 
And obviously, Matt has become a Smithereens fan, which I think is fucking wonderful that that happened. Yeah. Because uh, we interviewed Dennis Dyken on the show, and Matt started like kind of getting into their catalog and has come back multiple times with Smithereens songs now, which I think is fantastic. I love that that has ha- kind of happened. But there's some interesting things about this song. In 2018, the Smithereens released an album called Covers, which is 22 cover songs that they have performed in their career. Yeah. But that's not where this came from. First on that album of covers is Game of Love. So it was the first track on that album. But originally they recorded it in 1993, but it wasn't released until 2005. And it was released on the Mega Box, which was a 21 CD unofficial box set that went out on lead singer Pat Denizio's. Or Denizio, yeah, yeah, that yeah, you got it right. It was Denizio. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm gonna hit the button. <laughs> Just give me a second, because I realized what I did, and you know it's fine. I like this where you make better. <laughs> so the Mickey Avalon sampled version. <laughs> you Google that later. So the Mega Box was a 21 CD unofficial box set that went out on lead singer Pat Denizio's website, and it was limited to 500 copies. So the Mega Box went out. That was where you first got to hear the Smithereens version of the Game of Love. And then later, if you weren't one of the 500 people that managed to get that, and I bet it cost a fortune. I didn't check, but yeah. wait um, a few years apparently. <laughs> then you got it on 2018's covers. Uh, so Matt. Why don't you give us a real quick why you uh, chose the Smithereens, which, which, by the way, I'm just going to say it. I'm on board with you. I love the Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders version, but as soon as I heard the Smithereens, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, But yeah. why don't you tell us why you picked it? Well, I I grew up, uh, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily specifically listening Fucking to this song. Fucking started was, your sentence with a lie. First of all, I grew up. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. I grew up and never got old. <laughs> you never got old. And you never yeah. died. But you must yeah. feed. Go ahead. God, lost, everything ties back to the lost. <laughs> it boys. really does. That's my life. You guys pick yeah. your stuff for your reasons. For me, everything ties you back to the lost, on the boys lost boys or the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> and those are valid reasons, yeah. you know. Which again, Goonies, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Connie, Connie. So we're right back around. Where are you at, Connie? Come on, where's your covers? Um, I'm sure she probably sent some in. Um, but no, I I. Grew up in, as we talked about it a lot on the show, very musical households. There was a lot of music being played at all times. Um, on my dad's side, there was a lot of, you know, 50s, 60s era music. Uh, and then I also grew up listening to, you know, music that was on Hee Haw all the time. But in in that rotation, there was a lot of like Motown style music and, you know, I, I know this isn't specifically Motown, but it was just kind of in that era of music that was just always being played. And this is one of those songs that I had heard. Yeah. So then when I came across the Smithereens version, I was like, oh, damn, hang on. This did something different. And they didn't change a lot about it. But Dennis, I'm talking directly to you, Dennis Dyken of the Smithereens. Holy shit, man. The drums in that mm. song just kick ass like and what a way to start the covers album with this song um they also do uh something stupid yeah which is yeah which pretty is, fantastic. i saw that it's frank sinatra and nancy and yeah. there's a that almost made my list by the way yeah, and so, there's another yeah. version of that which is really good which is ewan mcgregor and nicole kidman which is also really good too 
Uh, or no, no, it's uh, Nicole Kidman, and it's not Ewan McGregor. It's Nicole Kidman, and um, oh god, uh, in Chicago. What's his? No, no. What's his face? Reach out to Nicole Kidman because of her song her with Ewan McGregor and Moulin asked, Rouge. Right, but he reached. It's not from Moulin Rouge. No, uh, is it Robbie Williams? I think it's Robbie Williams. He reached out to Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's Robbie Williams reached out to Nicole Kidman and wanted to do a cover of something stupid with her because he heard her song with Ewan McGregor from Moulin Rouge. So gotcha. there's a cur- okay. cover of something stupid out there. I think it's Robbie Williams and it's really good actually. So, um, so first of all, we brought up Connie. Hey Connie, I drove all night. There you go. That's a Cindy Lauper remake. Yeah. <laughs> it's Roy Orbison song. Um, so Matt, yeah, you would actually. I liked your picks. I did. Thank you. I liked them. They were good. I was a little aggravated at you because I waited as long as I did. No, to no, 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 no. <laughs> I was aggravated at you because uh, while I li- liked all your picks, um, I really was like, he gave me a safety, and why the fuck didn't he put the safety on? Because I really wanted to hear it. So this was Matt's safety. We can talk about it. Here you go. I, I I'll tell you why I didn't. Too. I don't know why you're doing that. I love this fucking version so much. Actually, there's two versions that Israel and I'm not going to try to say his last name. That's why I didn't put it on the list. I was sparing you trying to pronounce. <laughs> well, a lot of people just called him Is. Yeah. Um, he actually does a version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is very much this, where he also ties in What a Wonderful World, and it's yeah. it's it's beautiful in my opinion. Um, this was Matt's safety, and I was kind of like, oh, I love it so much. Like I loved the song. I knew it. Talk about it. He, he uh, by all accounts, was a very, very kind human being, and he did this cover, a uh, little ukulele cover, and it kind of, I think he, I, I want to say he just did like a, probably like a TikTok or YouTube thing, right? And it just kind of took off. Oh, no, 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 no. No, he, he's uh, been passed away long before. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, out, but, well, not, but not YouTube. Yeah. I think that might have been where it came out. But yeah. yeah, so I said YouTube, TikTok, YouTube type thing. Like, in other words, he did oh, like it, like the video, like him singing it went out on like social media type stuff, I think. Yeah. And it just sort of became. Yeah. Beloved. It became like an unofficial uh, song of Hawaii would be my guess. Yeah. It's really cool. And that was your yeah. honorable mention, which I thought I kind of yeah. wanted to at least bring up briefly because I like it a lot. I think yeah. It's a really cool. I mean, obviously the original version from Wizard of Oz is a classic and like nope. it's, it's just like a this huge version better. song, but <laughs> I know and that's why I put it on my list. I like this the is is, a better version. I like the is version better. I really do. Yeah. So I could listen to it. I don't think I could go back and listen to the <laughs> like yeah. just on a regular basis. I'm not going to be putting in yeah. the I know my drama kid friends love this, love the original version, but yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said about about this. Again, stripped down, it's a guy just a ukulele with a ukulele mm-hmm. and it's just like it, it's one of the songs that just kind of gives you chills listening to it mm-hmm. so, um it's so a great song makes you feel good we're gonna go into casey's list and uh stewie pulled i love rock and roll which was a song we said you didn't know were remakes and kevin does the same thing for his pick first pick here um weird enough even though we did songs you didn't know were remakes and we talked about it Kevin didn't remember that there were two bands that did it before the one he said. So we're going to play a little clip of all three. Here is Kevin's first pick. Hmm. 
fully in agreement, Kevin. So the first version is Prince, clearly, uh, written by Prince. First appeared on his 1979 self-titled album. Of course, most of us know the 1984 Shaka Khan version. And rightly so, Shaka Shaka won two Grammys for her version, Best R&B Song uh, with Prince as its songwriter, and Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. That middle one, yeah, may or may not have known, was the Pointer Sisters. Um, Did not? Not a big fan of the Pointer Sister version of it. No. Uh, I do like the Prince one for what it is, though. So Prince wrote the song intending to have jazz singer Patrice Russian sing the song. Uh, you, you might know who that is. Uh, he wanted her to sing that and I Want to Be Your Lover. Actually, both of those songs were intended for Patrice Russian. I don't know why. Yeah. She decided not to record them, but she decided not to record them. So is sort of the case with Prince songs when they're out there. Uh, the Pointer Sisters somehow came across it. I don't know if they were on a I – don't, I don't know how that happened. But 1982, they released their version. According to producer Arif Martin, Arif Martin, as we were mounting the, rec- or the recording onto the main mastered – so this is the Shaka Khan version, right? My hand slipped on the repeat machine. So it happened to be – Shaka 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 Khan, <laughs> and they were like, sure. okay. "That's cool. Let's keep it." <laughs> we got a hit. <laughs> um, so that was an accident. That was an accident. That whole chaka chaka Khan chaka Khan. Now, whether the, we heard the accidental version or they did it on accident and thought it sounded cool and then did it on purpose, I don't know. Yeah. But that's really cool if you think about it. One of the most famous things about that song, and it was a complete accident. Shaka Khan's version sold more than a million copies in the U.S. and U.K., and it helped to relaunch Shaka Khan's career. Uh, Australia, Atlanta, number four. Canada, number two. Number one in the U.K. and three on the Billboard Hot 100. Number one on the Billboard Dance Club chart. KC, I mean, clearly we all know that Shaka Khan's version is the superior one, but you picked it. Why do you think it's the superior one? Because I mean, it's way more upbeat. I mean, I like the Prince version, but the Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan killed it. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Is that intentional, or did you just have a little stutter there? The Shaka Khan, the Shaka, Shaka, Shaka Khan version. Shaka, 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 Shaka Khan. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. It's, kinda, it's a happy accident that worked out. It was, yeah. And, and I'm great. just going to throw this as an honorable mention, but um, the only reason why it's not a part of this list because I just heard it this past Friday, but Dolly Parton's. Uh, purple rain cover. Mm-hmm. I like it better than that, that. Blows my mind. What? Yeah, that you said that last. I was going to say like, that that full album just came out, and I haven't had a chance to listen to all of it. Yeah, my, my copy is coming in tomorrow. What you guys don't understand is that so curious. Kevin okay. is a huge Prince fan, yeah. so when he says things like that, it's like really Dolly Parton's version yeah. is better. Which this wow. all thing, this whole thing circles because. Dolly Parton has gone on the record as saying Whitney Houston and Stewie almost put this song on his list that Whitney Houston made. I will always love you. Like it. She was like, she owned it. Like I can't, you know, it's her song now, you know, which is amazing. If you think about it, when people do that, and then we can all bring that back around to I know people considered uh, nothing compares to you. I, I actually prefer the Prince version of nothing compares to you than the Sinead O'Connor version, but I know I'm alone in that with uh, from a lot of people. So this all kind of wraps around. Yeah. Prince is notorious for writing songs and doing covers even if he doesn't, or sorry, recording it even if he doesn't release it and yeah. then it get released later. So uh, play you can play a few seconds of it. I'm just kind of curious to hear. This is going to come through the microphone. It's not going to be. Yeah. But we'll play a few seconds. 
because I've never heard this. So. Or apparently it will be a long intro. <laughs> God, how old is she now? Oh, look at that. Seventy-seven. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay. I, right. I think I agree with you, Kevin. Yeah, that's it's yeah. great. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. I, I genuinely wow. got goosebumps. And Stu's, yeah. Stu's got right. that album coming, so there you go, Stu. Yeah, I got, I got, I got Stu's literally somewhere. rubbing his arm. He has goosebumps. That's pretty cool. Whew. All right. That's pretty cool. Oh. All right, that, Kev. That's... That doesn't happen often, man. Hey, Kev, know. thanks for bringing yeah. that to Holy everybody's shit. attention. I was listening to that song. I was like thinking, damn, I want this play. My, my question is, does she do that with all her songs? Like... Killed it. We will honor that request, Kevin. <laughs> Somebody goes driving by Kevin's car and he's just weeping like a fucking baby. Your family listens to In the Club on the way to that funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin wants us to be played at his funeral. Oh uh, my god. I suspect I will die before you, Kevin, so I won't be oh. playing that. Well, I'm older than you and my health sucks. So. <laughs> I'll play it for you, Kevin. I'm the youngest. I'll, I'll ensure that all of them you, actually Stuart. do it. Connie played that at all of our funerals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's go into Kevin's next pick. Uh, I'm not. I uh, let me just put it this way. I agree 100 percent with everything Kevin said this week. All of his choices of better than the original. I'm with him. And and again, it doesn't mean I don't like the original. I do. Mm. But you're right. Because here's your next pick. <laughs> if nothing else for this line coming up right here. Right? Hell yes. <laughs> um, that's Love Roller Coaster. The Ohio Players originally so released in 1975. Good. was a number one hit for them in 1976 from their album Honey. It was certified gold. We all know the urban legend behind this song. The scream heard in the background because someone was being murdered in the studio. What a fucking weird <laughs> thing. Um, like, yeah, we left... It's, crime evidence. It's actually just Billy Beck murdering this song, motherfuckers. He Hell got yeah. into it. Uh, actually, the reason that Urban Legend came about, if you guys don't know, is because some disc jockey was like joking around and said, yeah, they killed somebody in the background, and psh, that was it. It went and off. And actually featured in the movie Urban Legend. Yeah, it we went off because of that. Isn't that weird? You can just, um, yeah. Um, so dumb. But okay. So the Chili Peppers covered this song 20 years later in 1996 for the movie. Beavis and Butthead do America. Mm -hmm. uh, there's landed number 19 in Australia, 49 in Canada, 7 in the UK, and 14 on the Billboard Alternative Play chart. But here's the thing. 
they have never played this song live and they don't talk about it. Wow. Um, they had a contractual obligation to put a song in the movie, so they did. But this was during their Dave Navarro years, and they're not fans of that era, I guess. The band themselves are not fans of their Weird. Dave okay. Navarro era. Chad Smith actually said in an interview, we don't really feel connected to that record anymore. No special reason, not to say we would never play those songs, but we don't feel that emotionally connected to that music right now. I'm curious because when you put this on your list, it actually made me consider picking higher ground for my list, which is mm. tough because I fucking love the Stevie Wonder version of higher ground and I love it a lot, but I also love the chili pepper version. And I was having a real inner struggle in my head. Like, do I actually prefer one over the other? And I don't know that I do. <laughs> so I didn't add it because of that. But you picked Roller Coaster. Uh, I'm sorry, Love Roller Coaster. Uh, why do you think this version is better? Uh, well, I mean, the original one, I, I got don't want to say I'm not a big, well, I don't want to say I'm not a big fan of disco. I just, it's not, it's my one of my least favorite genres. That's fair. Yeah. But the Chili Peppers one, they brought the funk into that song. And you definitely feel it throughout. So and I love that. So you can dance to it. So you brought up. No, you, you said that though. You said, and I, I guess you're right, Ohio players. But I actually feel like Love Roller Coaster was more of a funk song than a disco song. Hmm. Like that. I, I get what you're saying now. I never really thought of it that way as a disco song, though. I don't. I guess maybe I should have, but I didn't. One of the things that I, I like is the Chili Peppers add some words and lyrics in it there's not a lot in the ohio yeah. player song and they added great words <laughs> yes, they that's why i said if nothing else this line coming up right here is a good reason to like it I, I i find it shocking that they won't really play the song and that they don't really acknowledge it much because we all love it like people love the song but i don't know what went on during their dave navarro years i don't know what made them yeah not really particularly care for the music Maybe they, they just were doing have at a the time thing against dave right now i don't know no there's yeah. really no telling so i'm curious great pick though uh great ass song and i heard everybody get excited as soon as it came on so you know you did you did well there uh this Yay. next one i'm going to go out on a very very short limb and say that i bet money without even asking that stewie's going to agree with you and i do as well and i bet matt does too but i i i I'm place my bet right here that Stewie agrees with you that this remake he likes better than the original. And it doesn't mean he doesn't like the original, but I bet Stewie likes the remake better. We're disco dancing here. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're yeah. gonna say again, it's disco, and you don't, you're not that into disco. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm a little biased with this one because I love Cake so much, but. She did pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, so this is 1978. It's so fun to hear you say how much you love cake. <laughs> I love cake. cake. I, I, I love cake. I love cake. A, a poem by Stewie D. I love cake so much. Cake is good. Thank the you. End. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gloria Gaynor released her version in 1978 off the album Love Tracks. 
it did really, really well. Certified platinum. According to songwriter Dino Ficaris, <laughs> the song has its genesis from an experience getting fired by Motown Records. Unemployed, he's at home and he turns on his TV. And a theme song he had written for the film Generation starts playing in the background. And he sees that as a really good omen. He starts jumping up on his bed and yelling, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a songwriter. I will survive. He then teams up with Freddie Perrin, another former member of Motown Records, and they write the song, I Will Survive. But nobody picks it up. It just sits there for two years, the song sits there. Then in 1978, Perrin asks, uh, was asked to produce Substitute for Gloria Gaynor. The two get to talking. He ends up handing her a copy of the song written down on like a piece of paper and the lyrics. And she looks at it and she's like, right away, she knew it was going to be a hit. Uh, this one hit number five in Australia, number one in Canada, number one in the UK, and number one in the US. There are actually other versions out there, not just these two guys. There's quite a few versions of the song out there. But we're going to fast forward to the year of 1996 of Our Lord and a little album called Fashion Nuggets by Cake. Uh, this one did. Cake. This one did well too, guys. Cake. Number seven in Australia, or twenty-seven in Australia, twenty-nine in the UK, twenty-eight in the US, where it was certified gold. They decided to make a cover of it and make it a little more earnest. Um, if you listen to it, it almost sounds like they're taunting when they their version of it, but they they aren't. They really wanted their version to be taken seriously, and uh, most feel they succeeded in keeping it true enough to the original while still making it into a cake song, like which is what they really did. Uh, the only person that doesn't really agree with that is Gloria Gaynor. She fucking hates it, probably because Boo. of what I just said. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, she said she does not like Cake's version of the song because they used profanity. Damn it. Oh, well. What's your profanity? <laughs> Kevin? Does she, wait, does she make money off this at least? I, I would hope so. Probably. I would then so. quit bitching. I don't think they stole it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kevin, my Kevin. Take that, Gloria Gaynor. Yes. Why dost thou feel this is the better version of the song? Well, uh, there's a word that you mentioned that perfectly describes this whole thing. That's earnest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Ernest. Okay. But, uh, the cake version is just, you hear that earnestness to like that feeling of getting broken up and then being sworn, uh, swearing to yourself that you will survive. Yes. And you're going to move on. And that it just hits. I like that because when I hear the glory, I like the Gloria Gaynor version. I think Stu and I were, you mm -hmm. know, I yeah. agree with Stu on that. She, oh, she yeah. does a fan fantastic version. Great mm -hmm. song. It's a dance song. And that's what right. it is. No matter what the lyrics say, it's a dance song. But the cake version is not a dance song. Nope. The lyrics come across in the cake version, and you feel it. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Gives you a little oomph to it. Somebody's yep. been fucked over really hard, and this is them. Mm -hmm. You know, I picture this person that at first they're, like, sitting there broken down in their living room, like, weeping. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck this. I'm not yeah. going to do that. We're not doing this. I should have kicked yeah. your ass out. Their fucking ass pocket of whiskey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should have changed that fucking lock. I should have fucking kicked your ass should've out. should have made you leave the key. Yeah. If I'd have thought for one second your ass would have showed back up again, I would have fucking done that. But I didn't. And you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to yeah. be all right, dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck you. You fuck you. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to listen to you, dad. <laughs> 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 Guys, those were some great picks. I want to know, can you tell me, because I'd love to stay, um, can you guys tell me, like, overall, like, what did you guys think? Let's start with, let's start with uh, our man Stewie D over here. What did you guys think 
of Stewie D's picks this week. Oh, that was awesome. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh you're not asking like, me. My, uh, my picks were amazing. Pretty Woman, Separate Ways, and I Love and Rock and Roll. Do we, overall right. consensus, do we agree with Stewie D? Uh, overall, yeah. yeah. Words yeah. that have never been spoken, Stu. How does it feel? Do we agree with you? I'm on top of the world. <laughs> God, I just got a mental image of you on the Titanic. <laughs> Now embrace putting, it. Putting his arms up, me behind him. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, especially Jay behind. Uh, we were at uh, we were at my uh, in laws. What, what are you saying there, Stu? We were at my in laws yesterday. Hey, Stewie, it, whatever. Stewie texts me and he says, "When you get a when you get a minute, can you call me?" I was like, "Is this like an emergency or can I wait?" And he's like, "Whatever," which is not a, that didn't make any sense, but sure. I said whenever actually, but it didn't come. <laughs> it translated as whatever. Yeah, it came as yeah. whatever. Um, so I walk outside. I'm like, uh, I got to step outside for a second and call my true first wife. And everybody looks at, uh, looks at Melissa and she's like, oh, it's his buddy, Stu. <laughs> it's like, I, didn't even, I didn't have to tell anybody. She's she just understood. We, we all know what you <laughs> they knew who I, She knew who I meant. Yeah, I think overall I agree. And I really like your picks. Uh, Separate Ways is one of those ones that I think I don't know that I like it better or worse. I think I like it as much. Mm-hmm. As the original, um, I love rock and roll. Clearly, you know, I'm going to be with you on that. Roy Orbison, I think I probably prefer slightly over Van Halen, but it doesn't mean Van Halen doesn't have its place in that song for me. Uh, what I take my uh, vote back. Yeah, I prefer the Roy Orbison version. Uh, you can't. No takesy backsies. No takesies backsies. I had my fingers crossed. Uh, what about my list? People are strange. Take me to the river. And uh, even though you guys didn't know the Ballad of El Goodo, really, uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think overall? I prefer the Billy uh, Badmouth Bass version myself. <laughs> Badmouth. Billy Badmouth. <laughs> Take me to the motherfucking river, <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> Put me in the goddamn water, son of a Al bitch. I did not like that version. Because <laughs> yeah. of the swearing. So what do you guys yeah, think, that though? Fish. I want someone to Could you imagine if CeeLo Green was doing that one? Fuck that mirror uh, ain't that some shit? Ain't Seal that some shit? Terrible. Uh, I I I agree with you, and the fact that you blew my mind on the on the Talking Heads cover is just go check out the Al Green it. one, man. You're gonna like yeah. it. You're mm-hmm. gonna dig it. It's a really good song. It's like really cool. Am I gonna dig it, fool? You're gonna dig it, fool. Here's your shovel. By the way, that interview did really well. Just want to know people loved nice. it. And now Matt's like, so we had it's oh so quiet by Bjork. I just don't know what to do with myself and the game of love. I am going to side with Matt. Uh, I, I like, ooh, it's hard because the Betty Hutton and the Bjork version are very, very similar. But Bjork's, yeah. of course, a little cleaner, a little crisper because of when it was recorded. I'm going to side with you on I just don't know what to do with myself. Not that because I'm a great lover of either, but again, uh, the more modern White Stripes one is probably going to, I'm going to probably prefer it slightly over the other one. And uh, the game of love, the smithereens kill it. I love the original, but man, they do such a really good job. I I fucking loved it. But you fucked up not putting somewhere over the rainbow because it was (laughs) so good. Uh, It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. That's why I just went ahead and added a little clip of it. uh, What do you guys think? I'm glad you did. Of Matt. I wholeheartedly agree with Matt. I mean, uh, the Bjork one, definitely. um, And the entire album of Post. I would say it's like a uh, for me a near perfect album. Yeah, hmm. oh, I yeah. know nothing about Bjork or that one. Yeah. Solo project of a Icelandic singer from a band 
called the Sugar Cubes. Well, she, he knows who so, Bjork I think is. It was like yeah, I know the Bjork is. He knows nothing about that song. I, yeah, I know nothing about... Oh, I thought you meant Bjork in no, general. he knows who Bjork is. Yeah. Okay. She's the person that hung out with Tricky all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he slept on her couch, right? Like on a regular basis. Hang on a second. I think they were married. But really? I'm totally wrong on that. No. Yeah. Really? And I thought they were like boyfriend and girlfriend. Did they rock rhymes? Bjork and... Wow. They weren't married, were they? Were they married? That'd be weird. Hang on. Um, Kevin's Shaka Khan, I feel for you. Love Roller Coaster and I Will Survive. I think we all agree yeah, you're probably. I 100% agree with all The superior. Yep. They were briefly in a relationship in the 90s. But they weren't married. Yeah. Uh, so sure. there you go. That's that's our picks, guys. That's the songs we, some of the songs that we think are better or on par with the original. There were a bunch. There were more any of us could have probably listed. There were there was there's plenty out there. I mean, what were can you guys think of anything that you ended up dumping off your list to get your three on? Like I said earlier, or to you, just thought of it was Signs by Tesla. Signs Tesla. Yeah, I t- totally forgot about that. And one. I agree with you on that. Might be the superior version. And it was. Do you want my entire list? No. <laughs> no, how many is it? Thirty-seven songs. Just give us a couple. Uh, us it's a couple. not a lot. A lot. Eh, it's just less than I thought it was. Give us a couple. All right, my original three versions that I completely replaced with the ones I put on the, the show. Long way down by a band called Haste the Day. The original being done by Goo Goo Dolls. Long from way down. That might have been Twister controversial. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I had to twist yeah, this out. It's one of those you kind of have to hear. Yeah. Bye bye bye. Originally done by NSYNC, <laughs> being redone by Further Seems Forever. It's fantastic. And Umbrella, originally done by Rihanna. Umbrella, Umbrella. Redone umbrella. by All Time Low uh, off of one of the Punk Goes Pop albums. Yeah, um, Mad just went all punk. I Well, that I was <laughs> I was originally going to take them all from those albums. That's what I was originally going to do, ch- change my mind on it. Uh, Kev, what about you? Is there anything that you considered putting on that did not make it? Oh, you know, um, there's this Bonnie Raitt came out with an album called Slipstream. Mm-hmm. I want to say like uh, a few years back, there was like a few remakes on there that I probably should have added to this list. Now that I think about it, I'll have to like re-listen to that album. But uh, if you folks out there ever get a chance, I highly recommend Slipstream. That were the songs we thought was pretty good. Uh, what were the songs y'all thinks was pretty good? Let us know. Drop us a line. Tell us what songs you think, like, there's a remake, and you're like, yeah, the remake just kind of captured something, nailed something the original didn't get for me. Kind of curious. So if you have thoughts, you can send them to us. There will be a playlist of these, the originals and the remakes, I would imagine, up on Spotify like we do. Uh, You should check out some of our interviews. There's some really good ones out there, and they are a lot of fun, so please go back and uh, check them out and then uh, patronize all the... People we talk about. Go listen to their music. Check out the stuff they sell. Stewie bought uh, Steve Rosen's books, Tone, Tone Chaser. I hope uh, he reads it and lets us gives us a little uh, update on what he thought about it once he gets through it. I'll let you know about the Dolly Parton one, too. I actually got her book. I figure we should have updates on those sometime in 2025. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Roughly. We have to teach him to read first. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Stu actually He's reads a, a lot of. Stu doesn't read a lot, and when he does, it's almost always uh, autobiographies. autobiographies are mostly about musicians. Yeah, that's that's, that's the one book or the one genre that he really gets into. He's just not a big reader, but he likes biographies and autobiographies, yeah. especially about musicians. So he's he's real, real big quick. On that. How many times have you read The Dirt? <laughs> Twice. 
Twice? Okay. I, I wasn't trying to make a joke or anything. I was just genuinely curious about that. So, so I, I know you I, have read it before. So. so the fact this dude just swatted at air means no, we did not in fact kill the mosquito from earlier. <laughs> he just about <laughs> fell out of his chair. It's trying still to. alive. Um, but we have talked a few times about the show is going to be changing format slightly at the beginning of the new year. Um, Maybe we should do a, a book club segment. Well, there will be stuff where we may occasionally talk about a book. <laughs> Um, we will let you guys know a little more in depth. We've talked about it here on the show, but just that we're going to continue to talk about music and we're going to bring some other stuff in as well. And, uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy the change. I think it'll be better in the end and uh, a little easier for everybody to listen and probably a little easier for us to edit and things like that. Uh, again, uh, you can reach out. You can always add stuff to lists. We will add it on. Uh, Facebook and Twitter are the best ways to do that, but you can email or however you can get a hold of us, Instagram, whatever. Drop us a line, let us know. And that's it. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. You are the best remakes out there. Aww. I, I met the fans. <coughs> Not, I mean, I'm, I can take a compliment from you guys. <laughs> too, it's fine. Uh, until next, we have the opportunity to speak to you fine folks at home. Just remember to always stay, stay awesome. awesome. There are times that you feel I'm just not gonna say it. Like your head is a big <laughs> old bucket. I want you guys to stay awesome. Don't say it all. Because you wish you were a puppet. But you can't play the music. And you can't light the lights. And it's all you can do just to make it through any more of these lonely nights. So you grab your favorite mixture and you pop it in the slot. And you scream two words along with all the nerds Cause right now, it's all you've got Stay, stay awesome Plant a tree inside your heart And let it blossom Stay, stay awesome Gotta live your life, don't stay curled up like a possum And if you think you're going crazy, don't go, go, go. Just Stay